Good morning. Today is Thursday, March 4th, 2021. When I meet with a family after, God forbid, the passing of a loved one, one of the things that we discuss is the tradition that after a body has been prepared for burial and placed in the casket and the casket has been closed, it's the right thing not to open that casket again. In other words, this would prevent or preclude a viewing of the body just before the funeral. Usually, fortunately, family agrees. They wouldn't think of doing such a thing, even among families that are not particularly religious. This is an idea that is widely practiced. However, sometimes a family or a member of a family insists on viewing. My approach is that I do not pressure anyone. I don't insist. I simply share my opinion and then I respect the choice that the individual or the family makes. But often in that discussion, I'm asked why. Why does Jewish tradition suggest that we ought not to look at the body just before the funeral. And I want to share with you the answer that I give because it's based on the special Torah reading that we have this Parsha, this Shabbos. For many people today, one of the most bizarre features of Judaism is Tum'ah, ritual impurity. First, because there is an inadequacy in the English language. There's no way to properly translate this word. When it gets translated, often it is connected with or associated with dirtiness or some kind of contagious disease, which is completely false and misleading. Tuma is a status. It's a state of being that is spiritual. It relates to our neshama, our soul. It's something that is invisible. It does not affect our body. It has no imprint on our body. It is something that is purely spiritual. And a person becomes tame, ritually impure, when they come into contact with a dead body. It could be a direct contact or it could be an indirect contact. So for example, attending a funeral, visiting a cemetery, visiting a hospital where in the building at that time there is a Jewish person who has passed away. All of these situations render a person Tameh and our assumption today is that every one of us is Tameh. Every one of us is in this category. And from a spiritual point of view, it is an undesirable status. The only way to remove that status is through the ritual of para aduma, the red heifer. And that is the passage that we are going to read as a special portion in shul, in synagogue, this Shabbos. Tonight, during our Mining the Riches of the Parsha, I hope to discuss this subject a little bit more in depth. But the bottom line is the ritual that is described for removing this status is something that we do not have today. We will not have it until the Messianic era, until Mashiach comes. And therefore, as I said, 
we assume that we are all Tameh, ritually impure today. However, the first line of this special Torah reading this Shabbos sounds outrageous. It begins as follows. God spoke to Moshe and Aaron with the following words. Zos Chukasa Torah. This is the law of the Torah. The Yikhu Elecha Paraduma. Take for yourselves Paraduma, a red calf, and perform this ritual. This is the entire Torah. This is the entire Torah. This is all of Judaism. This structure of ritual impurity and the way to be able to get out of it to become pure again, it sounds outrageous. How is this idea, which first of all sounds so bizarre to us to begin with, how is this the complete Torah, the whole thing? How is it included in this concept? Rabbi Shamshra Fol Hirsch explains the reason for this concept is to teach us a powerful and fundamental lesson, and that is that a mace, a person who has passed away, a dead body, is not the person. The person is the neshama, the soul. It is the neshama, the soul, that animates the body that gives the body the ability to achieve meaning and purpose in life. The neshama is what gives the body the ability to come close to God because the neshama is a piece, a tiny piece or a spark connected to God. The neshama, our soul, is what gives the body during life the ability to act selflessly, to act courageously, to act against its base physical instincts. Without the soul, life would have no beauty, no kindness, no taste, no connection to God. All of that comes from the soul. The body is a clee, a utensil, an envelope. It is a garment for the soul. And that garment must be treated with respect. All of the laws of mourning and burial seek to achieve that respect for the physical body that acted as this garment or utensil for the soul during its lifetime. But we must not confuse the identity of the person with the body. To view the body after the soul has left is to implant on our memory a view of our loved one that is false. Now you might say, a person just before death may look identical to a moment later just after death. If the appearance is the same, what's wrong with looking? Because whatever has changed is invisible. But that is precisely the point. That the change is invisible 
is the whole idea. It is the demonstration that the identity of the person is the neshama, the part that is not visible. This is one of the most fundamental issues that separates a religious outlook in life, a spiritual outlook in life, from a secular or non-religious outlook in life. It is what separates one who believes in God from one who does not believe in God. Because if we do make this mistake, if we do look at the body as the identity of the person, then we are missing what links us to God. We come to believe that only what we can see with our eyes is real. And then the soul and God cease to exist for us. It is a terrible mistake with far-reaching consequences in every area of life. And therefore, Judaism insists, Zos Chukas HaTorah, this is the entire Torah. This is the definition of what life really is. Our definition of life that is connected to God. Jeremy Bentham was an English philosopher. And he left a strange will that his body, after he died, should be preserved in a glass case so that he could always be present at the meetings of the philosophical society he founded. And so he remained there in a mummified body in a glass case and people sat around the table and he is always in the minutes of the meetings as present but not voting. Judaism disagrees. That is not present. That is not life. While for most of us, the status of Tameh is merely undesirable, for a Kohen, it is prohibited. That is the reason for the general prohibition on a Kohen to come into contact with a dead body, to attend a funeral, or to go inside a cemetery, unless it is in an extraordinary, for an extraordinary reason. Because the entire raison d'etre of a Kohen, a priest, is to encourage Jews to be more spiritual, to emphasize the soul's ability to connect us to God to connect us with eternity. And therefore, a Kohen must resist any even momentary equation of the body with the person. And when a Kohen attends a funeral and sits in the Kohen section, which is actually technically a separate building, or when a Kohen visits the cemetery but stays on the road and does not enter into the section. He is teaching the definition of life, of spiritual life. 
He is teaching us Chukas Torah, the entire Torah. He is giving us the ability to believe in God and to connect to God by attesting to the essential spiritual nature of our identity. And in doing so, he is fulfilling his mission as a Kohen. That's the reason that a Kohen has these special laws that apply only to that category of people. But for all of us, the parsha that we read this Shabbos is an, an essential lesson, is an essential lesson in what our identity is. Our identity is temporarily connected with our physical bodies during our lifetime. But even when that ends, our identity is essentially spiritual, located within our soul, connected to God. My friends, I want to wish you a great day. I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.